Turn with me to John chapter 16. The 16th chapter of the Gospel of John. Today we're breaking into the middle of this chapter, verse 16. But Jesus makes a strange statement to the hearers. On this side, it doesn't seem so strange, but to them, hearing it for the first time, not knowing what was going to happen, it makes them puzzled. He's with the 11 disciples that are his closest followers, his apostles. One of them has already left. Judas has left the room to go betray him. Verse 16, he says, A little while, and you will not see me. Again, a little while, and you will see me. Because I go to the Father. Now, keep in mind, he's about to go to the cross. And then, to the Father. There's a lot packed in the occurrences between them not seeing him and him going to the Father. He just says, hey guys, something's going to happen, you're not going to see me. And then you are going to see me, because I'm going to the Father. He sees the end from the beginning, being the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He considers his works as being done already. Even though you're in the middle of life's biggest battles, he sees you as a victor. You're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. And so he's communicating like that to his disciples. Because I go to the Father, verse 17. Then some of his disciples said among themselves, What is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me. And because I go to the Father, what's he talking about? They're puzzled. They said, therefore, what is this that he says a little while? We do not know what he is saying. A little while. Now, we know a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. He doesn't relate to time like we do. I don't think that verse that Peter wrote was giving us a formula to determine when the Lord's going to come back like some has done. But if it is a formula, if a day with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day, what is one second to the Lord? I figured it out. It's four days. So can a person cry out to Jesus for salvation in a split second at the end of their life? I think so. Now, if you're living in rebellion against God, don't go live in your own self-willed way until that last second. Because the devil has a way of slipping up on you and taking you out before you get a chance to repent. But if you're worried about whether or not your loved ones went to heaven, if you preach the gospel to them, trust the power of the word. Put them in God's hands. It's not our responsibility to save anyone. We just preach the gospel. And boy, I got way off the sermon there. We do not know what he is saying. They're being honest. Verse 19. Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him, and he said to them, Are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said? A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me. (laughs) I just think this is funny. I mean, from this side, they're not thinking it's funny, but from this side, it's, it's a funny text. Verse 20, Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice, and you will be sorrowful. But, 
your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. He's drawing a parallel here. Guys, it's fixing to get tough, and a lot of people are going to be happy, and you're going to be sad. But then you're going to be happy, and they're going to be sad. And this is like childbirth. Anybody here expecting a baby? Looking forward to that day. When's your due date? You focus on the baby and not the agony. And I've never seen a mama hold her newborn baby and say, boy, that was tough. No, she says, boy, you're beautiful. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. And life is like that. No pain, no gain. No sweat, no sweet. Verse 22, Therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy, no one will take it from you. In that day, verse 23, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you, I shall pray the Father for you, For the Father Himself loves you, because you have loved Me and have believed that I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said to Him, See, now you are speaking plainly. (laughs) They still don't get it. He says, I'm speaking figuratively, but the time will come when I won't. Well, they think that time has already come. Now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. Yeah, Jesus, way to go. We got it now. We got it. We got it. One or one looks at the other. Do we really? The Lord's got a great sense of humor. He answered them, do you now believe? (laughs) Oh, really? Now you believe? Verse 32, indeed the hour is coming, yes, has now come that you'll be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. You guys think you're believers now? Man, you guys are fixing to scat like a bunch of cats. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Verse 33, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Let's pray. Lord, I ask you to speak to our hearts in such a way that these words are applied to our everyday life. In Jesus' name, Lord, may these verses mean something, not just on Sunday, but on Monday and the other days of the week. In Jesus' name, amen.
speaking to you today on the subject, Jesus is the world overcomer. Can we say Jesus is the world overcomer? He is the world overcomer. He gets the trophy that nobody else... But guess what? In Him, we too overcome. In Him, we too overcome. If you're in a relay race, and your team's mediocre, but one member of that team is awesome, you might just win. Well, guess what? We've got Flash on our team. We win. We're world overcomers. My first point is Christ keeps everything real. Can we say real? Real. He keeps it real. He said, most assuredly I say to you. Now remember when he says verily, verily, or most assuredly, depending on what translation you have, in the Greek language which John wrote his book in, he says the word amen twice. Amen, amen. Now we normally say amen at the conclusion of our prayer which basically is a word of affirmation for what you just said. Lord, bless this food. Bless our day. Amen. means so be it, or let it be done. Well, Christ starts out many of his teachings at the beginning of what he's about to say. Amen, amen, or so let this be done, so let this be done. Most assuredly, you can take this to the bank. I say to you that you will weep and lament. You won't find this in your Chinese fortune cookie at the Christian restaurant. You won't find this in the promise box down at Lifeway. It's in the Bible. And Christ said, Most assuredly I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. They're going to be dismayed when Christ goes to the cross. Peter's going to deny even knowing the Lord. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. Just as he said, the pain of giving birth is eclipsed by the joy of the new one that's come into the family. He keeps everything real. Now, as Christians, it's possible to become so heavenly minded that we're out of touch with the needs of humanity. And then one day you wake up and realize everything's not like you wanted. You might get upset and go on the blame game looking to search who's robbing your blessing. And and I'm going to take back what the devil stole from me and all that stuff. The point is, we live in a world where the rain falls on just people and unjust And when there's a drought, guess what? Your grass is brown too, even though you're a Christian. So Christ stays real. And His promises give us hope. Can we say hope? Listen to this promise. Therefore you now have sorrow, verse 22, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. I'm going to see you again, Your heart's going to rejoice and you're going to have joy that nobody can take from you. Remember a song we sang back in the 70s. This joy that I have, the world can't take it away. He gives us joy and brings joy out of sorrow. All things, Romans 8, 28, is a promise to never forget. Everything works out for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. 
For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son of God. God will use it all for his glory. This gives us hope in the midst sometimes of hopelessness. In the midst of a desert, life can spring forth. Years ago when we built this building, we went as far from the highway as we could without getting into the easement of the high wires back there. Because it was on a hill, we scraped off the hill to create the pad that we're on. And it seemed like we hit solid rock. So in the back, we decided to put our air conditioning there and the unsightly things there. And to surround them not with sod or grass, because it was so rocky, there was no hope of growing anything there, we thought. Let's cover it with pea gravel. And somebody suggested, some wise person suggested that we put down black plastic. They got overrode and we said, no, this is, ain't nothing going to grow here. Let's just put in pea gravel so it'll look nice. So we did. And after a year or two, things began to grow. And every few months or so, those things have to be pulled up. So they don't take over. I don't know if they're growing in solid rock. I don't know if soil's coming in. I don't know if birds are planting stuff with fertilizer surrounding them. I don't know. All I know is that seeds are powerful. Seeds are powerful. And the Word of God is like seed. That when it falls on good ground, it'll bear forth fruit. So we need to hold to His promise. The next point is answered prayers bring us joy. Jesus told his disciples, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Until now, they had the Son of God with them. If they were hungry, if they had no food, they could tell him and he could multiply bread. If they were tired, he could tell them and they could take a rest. If they needed to pay taxes, he could tell them and he could perform a miracle. If Peter's mother-in-law was ill, they could tell him and he would go heal her. But he's about to leave. And they're going to have to become men of prayer. So until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So guys, things are going to change and you're going to have to start praying. In his name, in the name of Jesus, which means his ownership, his authority, his representation, all that he is is wrapped up in his name. If your name is good, it means you can be trusted. The name of Jesus is good. He can be trusted. And so he's telling them, ask and you'll receive that your joy may be full. So how is our joy full when our prayers are answered? Now, let me ask you this. If you go to some person of means or your father or somebody with an ability to meet your need and you ask them about meeting a particular need in your life and they say yes, have they answered your request? Yes. And you go home happy. Your need is going to be met because your prayer has been answered. If we ask God for something and he says yes, Your prayer has been answered already, even though you don't see the provision. The promises of God in Him are yes and amen. 
Many times it's due to a lack of trust in our lives that we think the Father hasn't said yes. And we could get into a point of actually dishonoring Him by showing a lack of trust. If I know He said yes, if I know He's heard me, I've got joy. There's a reason for joy, right? Because my joy doesn't rest on my circumstances changing. My joy rests in His yes. Reverend E.P. Scott was a missionary to India shortly after this song was written. One day he passed a man of unusual appearance. A man from a wild mountain tribe, unreached by the gospel. Mr. Scott prayed over the matter. And against the pleadings of his friends, decided to visit this tribe. As he neared their village, he was ambushed by a war party. They seized him. Spears pointed at his heart. With no hope of escape, Scott calmly opened his violin case. Read the prayer, in Jesus' name I'm sure, and began to sing, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. At the line that said, At every kindred and every tribe, he opened his eyes. The warriors stood in tears. Spears lowered. Mr. Scott was allowed into the village. He spent two years among them. Many believed in Christ. All because he asked the Father in Jesus' name. And his joy was full. Sometimes we don't ask the Father. We make a decision in advance based on risk factors. Oh, it might be dangerous, so we don't do it. And so it robs us of joy. I'm telling you, the pleasure of God is out in the frontier doing things He's called you to do. Taking those risks. Somebody said faith is spelled with four letters, R-I-S-K. Taking those risks, what has he impressed you to do that you said no to because it's not 150% guaranteed to be safe? Not saying to be foolish, I'm saying to be faithful and obey the leading of the Spirit. The Spirit led him to do that. And we all honor the memory of Jim Elliott and that other brother that was killed by cannibals in Ecuador who eventually came to Christ, but those two guys lost their lives. What if they hadn't said yes to the call of God?
You want your joy to be full? Ask in Jesus' name. But also consider, what is He asking you to do that you're saying no to? Answered prayers bring joy. God's love for us is assuring. Can we say assuring? Blessed assurance. In that day, He said, You will ask in My name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. Now, the next chapter, He's going to pray for them. But He's talking about a day when their prayers are what's going to count. Not Him praying for them. You know, He prayed... When He multiplied the bread that He fed them, He prayed when He resurrected Lazarus. He prayed from time to time throughout His ministry, but there was coming a time in their lives when they too were going to begin to pray. I do not say that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father Himself loves you because you have loved Me and have believed that I came forth from God. Now some people think that Jesus is the filter for God, that God is angry Daring you to make a mistake. Thank God for Jesus who came and absorbed God's wrath to keep you from frying. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. The source of that love comes from the Father. He loves us and He's looking forward to our prayers. He's looking forward to saying yes. Now, will He say yes to every prayer? No, not, not espe- especially not those prayers that are prayed to fulfill our lusts. But within the will of God, His revealed will, yes. It's time to start praying about some stuff. When you see somebody stand here and give an opportunity to minister, pray about being involved. Well, it might not be comfortable. It might not. But do you want your joy to be full? Do you want some ecstasy? Stop running from any agony. Jesus is our source of peace. We say peace. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Verse 33, if you look at it in its context, man, it's some serious tribulation. Christ is telling them in advance of hard times so they don't go into shock. Some people go into shock when things don't go right all the time. Preaching to myself. He didn't promise us a rose garden. Who sang that song? I beg your pardon. I never promised you a rose garden. If he did, guess what? Roses smell good. They look good, but they have thorns. So we're not in heaven yet. So between now and then, there's some stuff to walk through. And because we know that, we can have peace. So I don't have to blow up every time things go wrong. Somebody didn't fill up the car with gas, and now i got to stop and get it. And it's the end of the world. Really? Really? <laughs> Did Jesus promise you that you would always... Have relatives that did what you wanted? I heard a story of a guest speaker that came into a church. and The guest speaker was stepping on people's toes. And the pastor was saying, preach it, preach it, preach it. Then he began to 
step on the preacher's toes, and the preacher said, move on, move on, move on. Everybody say, move on. With him, the future is secure. Can we say secure? It's secure with him. In the world, you will have tribulation. You can take it to the bank. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In the world, you will have tribulation. Yesterday, those words were really reverberating in my head as I was studying, and out came a little rant. So if you will indulge me. It's entitled, In the World You Will Have Tribulation. Keeping in mind current events. Thunder snows, sleeting storms, crippled metroplexes, powered down, frozen towns, polar vortex touches Texas. In the world you will have tribulation. Falling rains, rising floods, stranding many on their roofs, dozens slain, sliding mud, dirty avalanche on the loose. In the world you will have tribulation. Wildfires uncontrolled, fire starters uncontrolled, fire nados beyond belief, firefighters need relief. In the world, you will have tribulation. Tornadoes, cyclones, earthquakes under seas, hurricanes, typhoons, tidal wave tsunamis. In the world, you will have tribulation. Allison, Isabel, Rita, and Ike. Katrina, New Orleans, the failure of a dike. In the world, you will have tribulation. Nations quake, bureaucrats crack, leaders shake, whistleblowers rat. In the world, you will have tribulation. Terrorists terrorize, innocents meet demise, global problem multiplies, worldly leaders theorize. In the world, you will have tribulation. Unending war, increasing poor, famines with disease, epidemics roar, compounding more, drown out the needy, please. In the world, you will have tribulation. Crews drink, cruise ships sink, endangering all who trust. Fortunes stored on ocean floors for barnacles and rust. In the world, we will have tribulation. 2013 reveals and trashes the fraud of Nostradamus. May 15th, tornado crashes houses of Rancho Brazos. Here in Granbury, we have had some tribulation. Lingering drought, shrinking lake, rain without, yet authorities take. Taxing shoreline, no one's got. Fraud in our town? Surely not. In Granbury, you will have. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your goodness and your grace. Thank you, Lord, that you overcame the world for us, and your victory assures us of victory. In fact, it's already done. In eternity past, you were the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Lord, you start at the end and back up to the beginning. And so, Lord, we thank you that we're headed towards joy unspeakable, full of glory, and that we can experience that now through hope, and faith in you and your word and your promises. Thank you for overcoming for us. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to overcome some stuff. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord, that we get to be part of the action of history.
went under to take us over. Amen. You came down to lift us up. Came out to bring us in, Lord. You became one of us to make us join heirs with you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that in you we've already overcome. That we, that we fight from the position of victory when we face battles. Thank you, Lord, for this goodness, Lord. We we don't wait till the battle's over. We shout now because we've already overcome. Already overcome. We're more than conquerors through you, Lord, who love us. Thank you, Lord. And, Lord, we thank you that our children are overcomers, that they are growing up to be mighty men and women of God, future fathers and mothers for the sake of your kingdom, Lord. Thank you. Thank you.